just that uncertainty. I mean, I definitely left my job. Some of the biggest challenges and questions in my head were, who am I without this job? This job has been my identity for more than a decade. So who am I without it? This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. What happens when you decide that you no longer want the same life? I had a cool job that changed a lot over time. There was a lot of diversity I had a lot of autonomy, so that kept me in my job for a long time because I was a leader in the company. I made my own schedule. I made a lot of key decisions, um, and I worked with great people. But over time, I was, one, a little tired, just, you know, getting tired and thinking about maybe something different would come along. Um, also thinking about what could I make happen. And my wife and I started to travel more. It was kind of that pivot situation. As the company was changing, my personal life was also changing. Robbie Kaplan was living in Washington, D.C. She was working in a role that was honestly pretty great for her. At the end of February, I left my job, which I had been at for almost 15 years. And that was a job that grew over time. But at the end, I was the merchandise mix master was my cool title. Basically, man, I was the merchandise manager for a group of 12 Ace Hardware stores in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. And it was a really cool job. I was with the company since they started. When they had one store, I helped it grow to the 12. I helped create the operations, branding, obviously the product on the shelf over time. So I had a very interesting job there. But then she got a taste of travel and... That short-term getting away from everything made her and her partner realize that they weren't living their happiest life. Now, here's the interesting thing. She was originally a listener of the Happen to Your Career podcast, who later on, we got the opportunity to help make a, make a change. And she's made some pretty astounding changes over the last year. And that led her to touring around the entire country in an RV, being able to explore. And I got the opportunity to catch her right in this new chapter of life as she toured through Moses Lake, Washington. And for the first time ever, we have one of our clients in studio in Moses Lake. Take a listen to Robbie's story. And at first we got to take a couple trips and I would work remotely, still, you know, be in touch with everything that was going on and also have vacation time. But after doing that for a year or two, a couple extended trips, I was like, this isn't working quite right. There's too much going on in the business and there's too much that I want to be doing personally for these things to mesh up. I think an original goal had been maybe I could travel for, say, a month and work remotely and still do my job well. And I realized that wasn't really going to be the case, nor was I really going to be happy for my personal work ethic. I work a lot. My partner works a lot. And I found myself working a long time and extra hours and times I was supposed to be on vacation, I was checking my email. I'm yeah. not good at turning off. So working in a what was a retail business that was open seven days a week, seven or 8 a.m. 
till eight or nine o'clock. You're on all the time. I felt like I was on all the time, even if that wasn't required of me, which I do think is an important note. It was my personality type, not what was being imposed upon me. Yeah. So you had that realization Mm -hmm. about you didn't feel like you're going to be able to turn it off in some ways. So what happened in between there? You know, at some point, well, first of all, you started traveling and that caused the realization, it sounds like for you and Sandy, that you wanted to do more of that. Right. right? It was something we love to do yes. together and to do it together. Yeah. And we wanted more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, hey, how do I get more of this? Mm-hmm. And then it sounds like there was a progression that happened in some ways where you realized, look, I'm not going to be able to do this in the way that I want to. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. So is there anything else that happened along that way that caused you to do it in the way that you're doing it now? I had a weird, quirky thing that happened. I guess I'll call it quirky. I love the quirky things. I would love to meet other people out there if this happened to them as well. So around last October of uh, 2017, I was chosen for grand jury duty. And that meant that for the next five weeks, I was to report to jury duty every single day. And I could not go to my job. And I did not have access to my phone or email during the day. I was cut off from (laughs) what my life was literally changed in a day. No phone for you. No phone for me, which, you know, in this day and age is really hard. And a couple of things happened. One is I realized within a few days, I was not going to be able to focus on work at all. It yeah. just wasn't possible. I couldn't keep up during a busy time. And thankfully, I had staff around that could pick up the slack. And I'm Absolutely. still thankful to them. And then also because I would have, I was now going to be taking the bus versus driving and doing different. My whole schedule is different. My life was different. I decided to focus all my available time, free time on self-care. And using that, I consciously made the choice that I was going to use any of that free time that I could spare on myself and to decide what I wanted to do next, whether that was doing something else in my company, changing up my job, or finding something completely new. Mm -hmm. And that was when I found your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I listened to it on the bus every morning on the way to jury duty. How long ago was that? Just curious. So that was last October. So where are we eight, 10 months ago? Yeah. It's like just under a year ago. So yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. Mm -hmm. First of all, because now just slightly less than a year later, you're sitting here in the studio on the podcast. In your studio. (laughs) It is crazy, but I found the podcast and immediately was just drawn into it and thought the messages were really positive. It was a lot of cheerleading I really needed to hear. And also another thing that came through was the compassion and understanding for the place I was in, which was really drained, tired, needing a break. I knew I needed a break. And now I was having a forced break. It may not have been like the most pleasant break, but it was a break enough where I could kind of regain my personal footing of what am I doing for myself? Yeah. So that really was useful to me. And then right around the end of that time, I think you had a webinar, a free webinar. It was about boot camp. But I came on with an ulterior motive of like, what can I get out of this for myself? Yeah. So, and that's when you and I connected. Yeah. I remember that. And I remember that conversation too. So let me ask you this then with that, do you think you would have gone the same route had you not had that interrupt, that break, which, I mean, I've seen that happen for a variety of different people and that can be 
a life change event, not always grand jury duty necessarily, but, but it could be any any event that yeah. takes you out of your normal yeah. normal routine. One, do you think that could have happened in a different way for you? And two, do you feel like some of these things would have happened without a break? And I have no idea, but I'm curious what what you feel. Well, what I think would have happened, I think I still would have left my job. I think I probably still would have found the podcast, still would have found Lisa. Oh, thank goodness. My goodness. (laughs) But I think from a different context of just being completely worn out and drained, Uh, I was afraid I was going to crash. Right. So even though I was tired, I wasn't at that point yet. And the podcast and interacting with you guys really helped me reframe what was going on in a positive light and allowed me to exit gracefully from my job, come up with a plan, which is what I really needed, have a resource team, which I really needed, and frame what I was going to do next. Like any other job I had left previously was sort of either under a negative circumstance or not by my choosing. Yeah. And so I had a negative context to it. And I wanted this to be positive, And I think that it was. And also, I was afraid I would quit my job, need a break, and not have any idea what was next. And I specifically remember having a conversation with you where you said, oh, we can help you frame a sabbatical in a way that will not only let you take the break that you need, but let you really enjoy it and know what the work will be for you either later or during the sabbatical. And that was the thing that got me, Scott. That was the thing that got <laughs> that me. That was the thing, huh? <laughs> because I didn't feel like I was then like yeah. quitting or giving up or failing. I felt like I was really moving in a positive direction towards what was next for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting for a few different reasons. One, you know, I remember saying that. I remember having that conversation with you, but I realize now and recognize now that most of us probably are not thinking about it in that way. Or we don't have the breaks that happen either. Like, so that break that you had with Drury, I think what a lot of people do do is they keep on going and then they get to the point where they just literally can't take it anymore. And then often that's when many people are looking for alternatives. So I guess the thing that I'm taking away from that is whether it's by your choosing or somebody else's choice, there are other ways to be able to get to that point, but almost all of them require you to be able to get above the situation a little bit in one way or another, it seems like, and get... Mm -hmm whether get some kind of mental bandwidth. Yeah, exactly. And that I think has come up on several of your podcasts and with other conversations and with Lisa, like just being aware and conscious that you need to have that bandwidth to even make a change or take an action. Yeah. And it's very hard to find that for yourself, especially for a high achiever or someone who's caught up in the rat race and just whatever the situation is, it can be difficult to do. Yeah, totally agreed. So first of all, like, very public kudos because that is awesome. And I think that other people could have gone through that situation and not had it turn out the same way. So that's awesome. And I recognized just since we've been doing this a lot, that that is not a small amount of effort. Even if it's forced upon you, it's still not a small amount of effort. So very nicely done. And I'm curious, what do you feel like was the hardest part of deciding that this is what you were going to do? Because essentially what you've done is you've now created another kind of break and a new section of life for yourself in a totally different way than what you were living before. And some people are only going to see the trip, like the three months and everything like that. But recognizing that it's much bigger than that and 
it really is a new, entirely new section of your life in a lot of different ways. And to even make the decision to move that direction requires a bit of work too. So what was the hardest part of getting to here? The hardest part of getting to here were definitely the hard conversations. And planning for them was crucial. And talking through how I was going to have each of those conversations, both with my bosses, with my partner, with my family, how I was going to approach this was really important to me. I process internally. I'm mostly an introvert. So I had to work hard at at that. Like, how did I want to present myself? How, what did I, what were my goals and how did I want to have these conversations? And I think I was talking to someone and I was like, it's going to be really hard. It's be terrible. And I think it was my sister. And she said, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then it's going to be really fun. And I even <laughs> like wrote it down. It'll be fine. And then it'll be fun. <laughs> and that was actually really true. And I think Somewhere along the way, someone on the podcast has also said, you know, like your life grows proportionally in relation to these hard conversations you have. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. And I knew, I knew that when I spoke to my bosses about what I wanted to do, that they would be supportive. I had no doubt about it, but having that conversation to make something real is, is not it's a easy. Whole it's a whole different shebang. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about it is one thing versus actually having the audacity and the courage to do that is a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. So what helped you the most other than the very quotable and probably tweetable, <laughs> it'll be fine, then it'll be fun, because I right. love that. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my that sister, now. Mandy. <laughs> That's awesome. But what else helped you to be able to do that? Definitely the preparation. So talking to Lisa before I even actually hired her as a coach, yeah. just having preliminary conversations and understanding that yeah. help that I could get, listening to the podcast also just hearing all kinds of great advice and then Lisa really helped me hone in on what was important to me what my priorities are for myself and how to really focus on that and how to understand that anyone else's reaction to what was going on with me was more about them than about me so that was really important for me and helped and helped me also plan out how did I want to approach work, say I wanted to leave, and also already have like an idea of when I wanted to go, what my exit strategy was, and how I wanted to deal with different situations because I had my hand in a lot of pots there. So it was no small feat that I was leaving. I was also the most senior employee at that point. So it was a lot. And I think it helped me exit well. My whole thing was I wanted to exit well. I wanted to leave people in a good position. I hope I did that and leave having people thinking well of me. And I hope I did that as well. What do you feel like in building those next steps or building that plan? What do you feel like worked for you? Or what are some of the elements that you put into that? When you say, I built my exit plan, what does that actually mm-hmm. mean? I made checklists. Uh-huh of actually worst case scenarios. Like what if I go in and say, I want to leave and they're like, all right, well, just go today. You know, <laughs> we'll what, see we'll, you later. Yeah. Peace. Which I did not at all think would happen, but yeah. what if? Yeah. So I was just prepared. Did I have my contacts? Did I have important documents that I thought I needed? Were the most important things in my office? Like, could I get them quickly if needed? In my situation, I was very fortunate. I never once thought that would really be the case. 
And then thinking about the next projects and the calendar, like really writing out, like, here's what's going to be happening and so-and-so needs to be on top of it or so-and-so needs this to happen. And I left all my, pretty much all my emails there and accessible, all the documents accessible. I had a wonderful assistant buyer at the time who's now the senior buyer. And it really felt like I could teach her a lot before I left. And it gave two months notice. So it was a full eight week working weeks of spending time with people and training them. What were some of the parts you mentioned several times along the way, like identifying what was most important to you Mm -hmm. in terms of your life, your career? What were some of those parts They help people understand what, and it's going to be different for everybody. I think it's really important to acknowledge that what's important to you is not going to be necessarily the same things that are important to me and important to the next person. But what do those things look like for you? For me at the time, the priorities were definitely that I wanted to travel with Sandy and for an extended period of time and feel like I could do that without feeling guilty or without feeling resented. Mm -hmm. And That might have been a perception I had, but that was just what I had internalized. So I wanted that. We have a house that's a fixer-upper that we hadn't spent a lot of time on, and I would like to live in a house I love. So I wanted to be able to spend time on that. And those were two big things, I would say. I'm sure there were others I can't think of right now. But it required more balance in our family. Sandy and I are both high achievers. We work till the job is done. Yeah, We're not just going to stop at five o'clock or eight o'clock or whatever. So it was not unusual for us to both be working at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yep. Well, no one's caring for our family at that point. No one's caring for our home. So it's not that I'm going to suddenly be Betty Homemaker. That is not who I am either. But we needed more flexibility and ability to live the lives we want to live and have a great time. And We found we loved traveling and really wanted to make that work. And so we were able to plan a three-month trip that's now three and a half months and get on the road where Sandy is working remotely full-time and I am vacationing and also helping be Julie the cruise director, basically, for our trip. Which, you know, a lot of times we'll have people on the podcast and we're talking about the new role they're moving into or whatever it might Mm be, but... In this case, for you, as you identified what the next stage of life looked like, Mm -hmm. it really involved this travel and having that flexibility and some of those other pieces that we just mentioned. But also, for those people that haven't traveled extensively, (laughs) we're talking about this over lunch, but there is a massive amount of decision-making that has to happen. Every day. Yep. It's not like it's a woe is me type situation because you're doing what you want to, but it is hard in a way that you wouldn't anticipate because like I'm on vacation, vacations are, you know, people don't associate that with hard a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. but it realistically is like, it takes a lot of effort and planning and thinking and all of these other things too. So for you help somebody that might be interested in doing this sort of thing where they go and they spend a period of time traveling and they're looking to put this into their lives for one reason or another and in one way or another, help them understand a little bit about what that's actually like on a day-to-day basis for you. Well, I definitely think like you said before, what's important to everyone is different. It's subjective. And we actually, Sandy and I actually travel very spontaneously. We may not know where we're sleeping until six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Yeah, And we might get there and it's too hot or the plugs don't work or, you know, we can run into a variety of issues. 
there's a lot of decisions where we're going to sleep. There's several apps I consult to figure out where we're going to be parking that night. Home is where you park it. So in our RV, we, you know, we do have everything we need. We're self-contained, but do we have enough food? Is the dog happy? Which is, takes up a lot of energy. Will I be doing the next day if Sandy's working? Is there reliable internet and Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi and cell reception, which is hugely important and became a bigger factor on this trip than we realized it was harder to find. And then if someone's working, what are our available travel hours? Where can we go have fun with the dog? There's just a ton of things, which, yes, it's fun. I can't complain about those things, but it is work. Yes. And I will say it kind of leads a little bit into something else I was thinking about a minute ago, which is that I do have a mental capacity at this time to think about what's next, what I want to be doing, but I'm still using a lot of mental capacity every day. I'm not sitting on board. And it was making me think about when I was leaving my job, how everyone, of course, is, well, what are you going to do next? And I would say, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Do you want to work in retail? Do you still want to be a buyer? I don't know. I'm really happy about that. I said I wanted to go figure out who I am now, shed the skin that I've had, and see what still interests me. And this trip has also allowed me to do that. I like to go somewhere new, walk into a store and be like, huh. That's cool. That's not cool. Oh, look, I'm still interested in, you know, merchandise mix and what the cool new product is. So I'm really okay at the moment with not knowing what's next, but I am nearing the end of the trip. (laughs) And so this podcast comes at like a serendipitous time where I'm like, huh, we got to start thinking about what's going to happen when we get back. We might have the part two podcast later. Yeah, (laughs) hopefully hopefully it won't be from, you know, a cardboard box. (laughs) What you're talking about, though, it's really interesting to me that like how far we have to get in some ways, like outside our normal routines and our normal things, and also how okay or not okay, I guess I should say, Mm -hmm. most of our society is with not knowing. And I was going to ask you, you were very much a planner type of personality. Mm -hmm. Is that the way to say it? Yes, I think that's fair. Okay. So now you've gone to this completely spontaneous and also- not knowing what is next. So for you and your personality, what are the hard parts about that? What are the the parts where you've found liberating, if any? What is the question? What's hard about not knowing what's next? Yeah. Part of the question. Just that uncertainty. I mean, I definitely left my job. Some of the biggest challenges and questions in my head were, who am I without this job? This job has been my identity for more than a decade. Mm -hmm. So who am I without it? Will I have the same recognition or response or like was the success I was having based on who I was and who I was working with and all that? Or is it really self-earned, you know, just regular self-doubt, I guess. And I still have that. Like, who am I? Does anyone care? We'll see. (laughs) And now I lost track. Well, it's frustrating that that I find it frustrating. Mm-hmm. That never goes away. <laughs> sure. It would be nice if it did. Right. But it really comes down to a case of choosing what you want to do or how you want to be spending your time, even yeah. though that self-doubt is there. It's and, there. And I would say one of the things I've learned along this path yeah. this, the last several months is just like going for it and doing it. Like I am sitting here with you doing a podcast. I remember listening to your podcast and being like, that would be fun to be on there. 
Well, I didn't wait around for you, Lisa, to be like, huh, Robbie, you might be a good guest. I just said, hey, I want to come talk. <laughs> I'm coming to Moses Lake. Get a spot ready for me. <laughs> you went along with it. So I don't know what that says about you. But, but And I had the actual, I had a great opportunity to meet Lisa earlier in the trip in person. I'd worked yeah. with her you know, on Skype and on the phone. And For context, Lisa was her coach throughout the beginning part of this journey. Right. Yeah. And we actually met up at a small business type conference in Boulder. Oh, you did? And I earned a shirt that someone was giving away that has a curse word on it, but said F fear. And I was like, that shirt is for me. because <laughs> I really had to say that to myself like over and over again. I'm just doing this. I'm going to ask for what I want. I'm going to decide what it is and just go for it. Why wouldn't I go for all the things that I want in this world? And I don't want to be wasting any more time. Basically, we don't know how much time we have, right? I'm 45 right now. My father passed away when he was 48. I would hate to get to that point in my life and feel like, oh, I wish I had taken that road trip. You know, I wish I had taken a couple months off of work, whatever it is. So I just really felt like I was in a place where I was ready to do something really different. I don't think I've ever told this story before, but as we were, I say we, it was my myself getting feedback from Alyssa, my wife at the time, but when I was choosing the name of the blog and later the business, debated calling it happened to your life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ended up not doing that because really wanted to do it through the lens of focusing on people's career. But they're so intertwined and whether we like it or not, right. they are incredibly intertwined. And I think that you're talking about, we don't know how much time we have left. My grandma just passed away. I just spoke at her funeral just a couple of weeks ago and it is a reminder for me, just like your dad is for you, that like we just don't know how much time and I don't want to have regrets, quite frankly, afterwards. Right. Absolutely. And I'd have to say that you've done a phenomenal job of having courage to pave that way for yourself. And you. not easy. <laughs> it is not easy. No. It is not easy. Absolutely. And I should also say, of course, that I am very fortunate that I have a partner who's been incredibly supportive of me, mm-hmm. that we were able to plan enough to take this break and have this time in our lives together. I recognize not everyone has that ability to do that. And I think it is important that I was very scared to have that conversation with her about wanting to quit my job and wanting to take a break. Because of course, everyone wants a break. Everyone would like to have a vacation. Everyone would like to have a sabbatical if possible. But I knew it was crucial to my mental health. And when we had the conversation, when I had that courage to say, this is what I really want, I was very pleasantly surprised that immediately she said, absolutely, yes. Like one, you need that break and we'll make it happen. And also in regards to traveling and like being able to do this, she actually was like, it works into my plans perfectly because I have to go to Denver this summer and I was hoping we could take a long road trip. And so it all kind of came together. And of course, that doesn't happen for everyone. And of course, there's lots of steps and hurdles for people to get to do what they really want. But having the conversations is really important, right? I wouldn't, the longer I was, I mean, maybe I could have done it a year ago, right? But who knows? Well, I think that inevitably some people are going to see the post that goes with this, or they're going to listen to this and they're going to look at just the trip element. And some people are going to say, 
that's not possible for my situation. But here's mm-hmm. what I found though, that when you're willing to have the courage to declare what it is that you want more frequently than not, you find a way to be able to make that happen. Yeah. And I think that's the part that people miss because so many people never have those conversations or so many people never take the steps toward because they feel like it's not going to be possible rather than spending their time on figuring out how it's going to be possible. So I can't say it enough how great of a job you've done with that. And I really, really appreciate you coming all the way to Moses Lake, Washington. Like we don't- Everybody uh, should. (laughs) Yeah, everybody should. You hear that? (laughs) Make your way out to Moses Lake, Washington. Actually, we've never had anybody come visit us before. We had two people that we worked with this week. Really? Yeah, this is the week to come, apparently. Yeah. Who knew? Wildfires and all. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It was still worth it. Still worth it. So appreciate you making the trip out here. And thank you so much for sharing your story with all the HTYCers out there. This is amazing. I am so happy to because without everyone else's stories, I wouldn't be here either. So I'm happy to give back in any way I can. It's come full circle. So I've got just one question left for you. After going through all of this and for where you're at now, and there's still plenty to come for you. Yep. But right in the middle. Right in the middle. Everybody's right in the middle. It's just (laughs) what the middle looks like, quite frankly. But what advice would you give to people that are kind of on the edge, on the precipice? They're, they know that they want something, but they haven't necessarily taken those steps yet, or they're a little bit worried about whether it could be possible for them, whether it's a three and a half month long or longer mm-hmm. road trip, or whether it is you know making that change or leaving a job really well, whatever it happens to be for them. What advice would you give them? Well, I mean, I would definitely say figure out what your priorities are for yourself so you can follow them, like tying into something else you just said. A piece of advice my dad always gave was like, go for the thing you absolutely want. That's the best case scenario and figure out how to make that happen. Don't start with the bottom or case D, like start with case A and work toward that. And it takes a lot of courage, but I think maybe making that mental headspace where you can be more creative or you can gain a little bit of your own energy back and decide what's right for you. That would be my biggest advice. And, you know, listen to the podcast. <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> and don't hesitate to like jump in or call or ask you questions. Not that I'm like, here's Scott's personal phone number. But I think that was just key feeling like your team was really accessible and yeah. willing to throw out some, you know, like tidbits of advice that helped me just even get started, whether I came to you full time or not was really helpful. Hey, I hope you loved that, that story with Robbie. She's phenomenal. And (laughs) her first introduction to us was a podcast just like this one. And then later on, she went over to our site and signed up for our eight day mini course, the figure it out mini course to begin to get some clarity on what she wanted in her career. And if you want to do that exact same thing, it can help you get started in figuring out what really creates a compelling and filling career for you. Just text HAPPEN, H-A-P-P-E-N, to 42422. Or you can visit figureitout.co, figureitout.co. Hey, and if you're feeling a little lost, then next week, you're going to absolutely love what we have in story for you. We have a return guest to the Happen to Your Career podcast who is coming on to talk about something that she knows very well, partially from experience and partially from interactions with so many different people over the years. 
I use confidence and self-belief interchangeably. And it's how much you believe that your abilities and whatever it is that you try your hand at will have a positive outcome. That's Maxie McCoy. She's coming next week to happen to your career for the second time. She's become a good friend over the over the last couple of years. And this time she's back to talk about how to no longer be lost and even share a, a bit of an action plan on how to find your own way. So next week, it's all right here on happened to your career. We've got so much more in store for you and we'll be back with Maxie McCoy. We'll see you then. Adios. I'm out. So nice to be here. And why not come to Moses Lake? And why not come to Moses Lake? It is a fantastic place. It's just. I see where the magic happens, people. I'm right here in the center of it. This is where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)